Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Take Care and Live podcast. This is Dr. Stephen V, and you're listening to this Tuesday's Take. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2022. 2022. Wow. We have experienced a lot over the last 22 months. And um, <clears throat> a lot to be thankful for. A lot to be appreciative about uh, for those of us who have been um, graced with the opportunity to see today. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful holiday um, and that you had a chance to uh, get some rest, uh, enjoy family, friends as much as and as safely as possible. Um, we kept it pretty close knit on this side of town, um, got together with some family members who were vaccinated, too, which was great. Um, that was the way to go. Um, and we stayed low key. My wife and I just pretty much rested um, that week off. And I hope you had the opportunity to do the same. Um, as we go into the new year, you know, uh, I don't want to dare say the word resolution, but you know, we, we're full of those that kind of speak in the past, although I haven't heard a lot of it this year. Um, I think a lot, we're a lot more sober. I think we're being measured in our language when we talk about this idea of resolution because we know uh, oftentimes resolutions are ambitious uh, and bold and um, we tend to make resolutions that require a great deal of us often more than what we're capable of actually doing and the pandemic has taught us to Honor the baby steps, which I think is quite uh, humbling and fascinating. So much so that I don't hear a lot of people talking about resolutions or New Year's resolutions as much as hearing more of a tone of appreciation for where they are. And even in some instances where they're not. Um, the ability to see another day. The ability to take a breath, a deep breath, to wake up in the morning. Um, those are uh, very humbling acknowledgments and yet very appropriate for the time we're in. Quite, fact, quite frankly, uh, they are most appropriate and have been appropriate before the pandemic. But the pandemic has caused us to uh, push back a little bit or pullback, I should say, and reorganize our values, which is, I find it very astounding. I know I've been experiencing it myself. But today I want to encourage you 
in the area of work and faith. Right. I don't I don't want to get caught up in resolutions, but I do want to encourage you about your lens, about work and faith. You know, while there are certainly uh, some spiritual direction for how you should work with faith and in faith, as well as some spiritual directives for how to move in faith. What I want to do first today is help you remove some of the cognitive baggage about this idea of action, this idea of taking action in faith that often actually haunts us, right? We're plagued by it. It can feel more like a burden than it is a privilege to kind of have this sense of acting in faith particularly as you move into a new year, because as I said before, typically a new year is filled with an expectation. Uh, It's filled with expectations that are imposed on ourselves that are self-imposed or their expectations that are imposed on us and on our psyche by the things we are seeing or hearing others resolving to do. Right. And that that creation of a resolution, hearing other people's resolutions to take particular actions can actually create a sense of inner conflict for us um, because it is not authentically something that we ourselves are embracing, but somehow feel obligated to do. And so that expectation becomes a bit of a burden. Uh, It becomes a burden within us. It becomes essentially a yoke that actually hampers our progress uh, because um, our eyes have become focused on what we should do or should be rather than what we can do. As a result of our own internal call to action, not a call of action that's put upon us as a result of a given season of time, like a start of a new year or like the start of a new year. And so working your faith well becomes possible and more authentic when your actions are an expression of what you can do rather than what you should do. I want you to get that, that your faith taking action and working in faith, working towards something in faith, right? The sense of something that you want to see happen, but hasn't happened yet, but you're believing for it to happen. This ability to work your faith and work in faith um, is really an expression and should be an expression of what you can do rather than what you should do. Philippians 4.13 says, the writer says this, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now notice the writer doesn't say I should or I must or I have to. The writer said, I can do. And that phrase, I can, when you say it to yourself or when you say it about yourself becomes actually an invitation to act rather than an obligation to act. 
You know, invitations, invitations are not subpoenas, right? No one sends you a subpoena to attend a party, right? I mean, what's welcoming about that? Who Who's going to go to a party? Who's going to show up and give a great gift to the host of a party who subpoenaed them to attend, right? Who's going to dress their best um, and look their best for that event when they've been issued a summons to attend? Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. Uh, but na- but an invitation, right? An invitation to a party is a lot more appealing. Why? Why is an invitation a lot more appealing? An invitation is a lot more appealing because it's it's aspirational. The inviter is banking on banking on her appeal that leaving the door open um, for you to attend and take action to attend without obligating you or obligating your presence she's banking on that actually bringing out the best in you right if it's a if it's a male if it's a man who invites you he he knows that um you'll want to wear something that makes you feel confident that'll make you feel assured when you've been invited to come to the party not subpoenaed to to attend the party you'll be more thoughtful about the gift you bring to that party your attitude will be positive. Your expectations for the outcomes of that event will be different. You'll have a greater sense of anticipation for engaging and participating in that party than you would anxiety, right? You'll you anticipate having a good time and you'll anticipate leaving the event with a sense that you've made someone else's day great as a result of your presence to that open invitation right and so this open invitation that was made to you it began to change how you believed it it began to change um how you acted in faith you you began to anticipate hope for positive outcomes you began to consider the possibilities of the great time you would have when you attended that party, when you got to connect with people you knew and maybe people you didn't, you began to anticipate just how appreciative um, the host would be of the gift you gave and brought with you uh, to celebrate and to show appreciation for uh, being invited. Your, your whole demeanor, your action, all of your actions would be responses of faith because it was an invitation to act, not a subpoena. It was not a must do, have to. It was a I can do. And so your whole framework for action began to change. Right. So, you know, we all have expectations. You 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 live long enough. You will accumulate uh, expectations, right? You'll get more of them the more that you live. Expectations that are that are set on you, and and there are some expectations that are just morally sound. They're just the right expectations to have. They should be placed on you because they are morally healthy uh, to have in place. You know, you you shouldn't just randomly kill someone, right? You you shouldn't leave a baby in a car by him or herself you 
you shouldn't publicly disrespect people you love, right? Because when you do that, you shame them and you 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 dishonor yourself as as much as you do them. You know, we are accountable to a certain number of shoulds, right? We have uh, there are specific expectations that are just um, required of us as being a part of the collective human race to ensure that we're expressing care and value um, and dignity um, towards others, right? And holding people up with a sense of dignity and value. Um, but we are, the, the other side of that is, um, the other side of it is the, the shoulds in our life, those shoulds that become a part of framing our vision for the future, right? For the present and the future, those shoulds are to lar- largely be a manifestation of an invitation to act you received. Let me tell you what I mean. Y- you should be willing to apologize to a friend you've disappointed. Why? Because you accepted the invitation to be connected to them. And so, uh, because you value that relationship and the possibilities of what that relationship could bring uh, to you, to your well-being and what you have, may have uh, to offer that relationship, you should apologize when you disappoint that friend because you value, you accepted that invitation to be friends. And that came with um the, the element of accountability that, that was a part of that relationship. You should love your spouse because you invited that person, unless it was an arranged marriage, right? You invited that person to marry you and, and, and you as the spouse or, or you as the spouse accepted the invitation to be married. So you should, there should be love there. There should be an expression of love on your part. You should love your children because, you know, you invited them here when you, you know, when you had that little below the waist party, right? You, you know what I'm saying? You should love them because you accepted the invitation of the possibility that they could come into the world. And yes, you should Work hard and smart for the company that hired you because you invited them to learn more about you when you accepted their invitation to interview and when ultimately you accepted the invitation to take the position. Right. All of those shoulds at the personal individual level, all of those are acts of faith. But they were acts of faith that materialized from an invitation to act. And I fear that so much of our lives uh, right now have been consumed with obligations to act. Right? How many of the things you feel obligated to are things that were actually invitations for you to act? Or were they subpoenas? Were they demands placed upon you? And because they were demands placed upon you that you didn't eagerly embrace or find yourself easy to adjust to 
and actually create and make something beautiful out of that demand. It became a subpoena. It became a subpoena that required you to respond rather than an invitation that has been drawing the best out of you. Work can be demanding. Work is demanding. Any work worth doing is going to be demanding. But it should be an invitation for you. Or maybe you need to change how you're seeing that should in your life. For some of us, it could simply be saying, I can love you better. Rather than, I should really love you better. Or I can go to my mom's house and spend some time with her. Rather than, I should go to my mom's house, you know. She's getting old. You can actually determine whether you're setting yourself up for a subpoena or an invitation. There are actually times how you use language and how you see opportunities that you could be setting yourself up for it to be an obligation like a subpoena or an invitation that actually stimulates anticipation rather than anxiety. So here's an alternative outlook I'm going to encourage you to have as you actually walk into 2022. I want you to walk into 2022 with this paradigm, this perspective. Right? When, when there is something inside of you calling you to take action, it is not a burden. When you have a sense of something deeply uh, convicting that you need to take action on, it's not a burden. And it's not going to feel like a yoke. Instead, it's going to feel uh, it's going to produce a sort of quiet confidence about how you use your time, how you and I invest our energy, how we invest in relationships, how we welcome the offering of help from others as we move towards that thing we're looking to achieve in our life. And that thing could be a being, right? Who we're, who we're aspiring to be better um, at <laughs> being, or it could be something we're better at doing, or it could be something we're actually looking um, to attain, whatever it is, whether it's um, a material or immaterial. But working in your faith this year will not be about you grinding uh, four and five jobs to try to make things happen. It, it It's not going to be following someone else's pattern for living to the T in hopes that you reap the same results. No. Instead, you'll embrace working your faith this way. You'll You'll do these things, these few things. One, you'll identify what you value. You'll be very clear and identify what you value. Two, you'll articulate specifically what it is you value. And why will you articulate it? With your mouth, with you writing it down, 
You'll do that because you're going to create ownership of it. And three, you're going to engage in one step at a time of deliberate action to see what you are deeply convicted about come to fruition. You know, how do babies walk? You know, babies learn how to walk one step at a time. One step at a time. Babies quickly come to the conclusion that it's the one step at a time that matters. They believe in that one step at a time, that one deliberate action at a time. And that's where they put their focus. They don't put their focus into the finish line. They put their focus into that one step at a time. But to maintain the momentum of taking the one step at a time, they have to look forward. They have to look forward. And that baby is looking forward to where he or she wants wants to end up but the child quickly knows that it's the one step at a time that will get them there and get this it's the invitation to come to come this way come this way it's the invitation to come forward that keeps them going not the demand the invitation. So invite yourself into what it is you truly want to invest your time, your mind, your will, your energy, your emotions. And see just how well you'll do as you move ahead. All right, that's it for today. I want to thank you again for spending time with me. Uh, it was a privilege to be in your earbuds and uh, in your car, um, maybe in your walk or run, um, or even as you're um, dropping the baby off um, while you head to another appointment. Either way, I'm privileged to have you um, with me today. And I want to encourage you to do what I ask you and encourage you to do every time we connect, and that's to take care and live. Thank you for joining this episode of the Take Care and Live podcast. I'm excited you spent the time with me today. And I'm going to ask you to do me this favor. Write us a review. Let us know just how much you enjoyed the show. And if you enjoyed the show so much that you think it's worth sharing with a friend, go ahead and do that too. We would love to hear just how much this show has impacted you and the friends you shared it with. And remember to do this one thing and do it well. And that's to take care and live. Thank you.